Ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between, welcome back to the Invincible FC podcast. It is spooky season. It is Halloween. I'm going to try and edit this and get this out tonight. I love it. Hopefully a few people listen to this on Halloween. Don't be scared. Everybody will be staying home. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Waiting for the weekly drop. Don't be scared. That's Josh's normal voice. Nothing's wrong with him. (laughs) Unless you're a Chelsea fan. (laughs) Or a Liverpool fan. Yeah, Chelsea should be scared for next weekend. (laughs) Um, Liverpool should be scared. Period. Um... No nah, man, we we have a pretty fascinating weekend of, of Premier League action through. Don't we have that? Yeah. Um, there are a few games that honestly, I'm just gonna like announce the results of. If you have anything you want to say about them, by all means. But I think they're pretty drab, and I don't want to mm-hmm. spend much time on them. Man City beat Leicester one nil. Uh, not too much to say. No, I mean typical banger by by De Bruyne. Uh. Expected them to win. Leicester's starting to look better, though. Yeah, it was kind of a predictably close game. Leicester seems to play well against big opponents. Their their quality kind of allows them to play up into games. So I think that works for them. Yeah, they were also sitting pretty deep. Um, yeah. It allowed them to stay in it. But when they score off a set piece, there's nothing you can do from sitting deep. So That's a fact. Yeah. All right. Um, Brentford won. Well, Diego Costa got kind of a funny red card. Did he? Oh, yeah, it was, a, is he it was a headbutt. It was a headbutt, man. He grabbed no the dude and headbutted him in his forehead. Oh, we got That's our man back. That's the only interesting thing from that. I didn't even that. know that. Literally we have our man interest. back. Yeah, Diego Costa. See that. Like man. He was my least favorite player when he played for Chelsea. Of all. <laughs> oh, the way he'd God. fuck with Arsenal every time he'd play us was the most the elephant man, frustrating the elephant thing. Man. I hated him Diego so much. Diego Costa, the elephant man. But now doing it on Wolves, I love it. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Crystal Palace beat Southampton one nil. That's like kind of exactly like I don't know representative of yeah. the quality of each teams. I would say that's a pretty fair yeah. result. Um, I mean, I'm I'm happy to see it happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, as you all know, I'm uh, I'm rooting for Palace a bit this year. Um, they're they're starting to come into their own. They're playing well. Mid table, but could even go further from there. So, absolutely, yeah, man. absolutely, right. man. Um, and then I think the other two results that I want to just kind of throw out there because they're just boring. Um, Fulham Everton drew nil nil. I have literally nothing to say about that game. Yeah, I could have seen that one coming. Uh, and Man United beat West Ham one nil. Sure, makes sense. Fine, what it is. Yeah, I did not watch. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> had literally no interest in watching that game, which yeah. is weird because normally on a Sunday I will sit and watch soccer until somebody forces me to stand up. <laughs> well, um, Arsenal had already won. That pretty, is very true. Pretty, pretty convincing style. Uh, yeah, Dylan's was, Dylan's was fun. Yeah, wish I could have been there. Uh, in the spring, man, we'll go to a lot more. Oh, absolutely. Go all the time. It'll be great. Yeah. Um, so going back to Saturday, though, because mm-hmm. now we get to talk about the fun stuff. Yeah, and we've got about five matches that we're gonna that we're gonna like kind of pick apart a little more in depth for everybody that are really, really interesting ones to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll rip the bandaid off and go for the bad one first. <laughs> Tottenham three, Bournemouth two. Oh, it hurts to say. Tottenham, oh, it doesn't. After going down two nil early in the second half, 
rallied hard behind goals from Sessegnon, Davies, and Bentoncourt in stoppage time to win 3-2. Absolutely insane. Um, Kiefer Moore played great, had a brace to put Brent, uh, Brentford, Jesus, Bournemouth in the lead, but it just wasn't enough. Um, I, I was deeply disappointed by this game. Um, I thought Bournemouth played really well. You know, like it wasn't like they kind of stole two goals. They fought for those goals and they earned those goals. And to see that get taken away from them was pretty heartbreaking. Yeah, seriously. Especially by a team like Tottenham, who I just hate. <laughs> yeah, I um I saw Bournemouth were up one nil and actually had training um during the rest of the match, so was not able to see it. Uh and it was looking good. I, I still expected Spurs to come back, but uh, I, I did not expect Bournemouth to go up two nil and and you know a three two comeback. When I saw it, it reminded me of the Bergvine comeback from last year. Um, no kidding. It was just frustrating to see the actual scoreline itself. The fact that it was Kiefer Moore scoring both goals, a player that neither of us are particularly fond of, and who's going to be going up against the U.S. in the World Cup pretty soon, um, and. And the fact that the three three Tottenham scores were like the most Brexit goal scorers in the history of all comebacks, um, and I've always said this about about Tottenham that that when it's not Kane or Son scoring, it, it's worrying because you know you, you know they're going to get their goals and it's going to yeah. come somewhere. And when it's other players that are able to to finally step up for them, um, it's a little worrying. But still, they 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 have not been persuading me at all. So. Not you could say the same yeah. thing about Jesus at Arsenal, but I can right, exactly. I digress. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't really think we need to spend that much more time on this game. No, um, Tottenham really showed a lot more character in this game than, than I thought that they possessed mm-hmm. given their recent performances. So it was an impressive, you know, sort of grinder result out from them, right? And I will admit that as much as it pains me to say, mm-hmm. um, they played well and they earned their win uh, as much as it was slightly unjust to Bournemouth as well who availed themselves well in the day just a great game just an absolutely fantastic game uh, that just ended the wrong way yep exactly well that's that moving on to something that I found a lot more amusing <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> right in four Grand Potter won Chelsea won <laughs> You're getting sacked in the morning. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. Oh yeah. I it was everything I hoped for. <laughs> like I was just praying looking at this picture. Oh man, please let Brighton give it to him. <laughs> and give it to him, did they ever? <laughs> oh my lord. This was this might be just as big an L as Christian Eriksen and Man United losing 4-0 to Brentford in in the second mm-hmm. week is it was it was on that level of just like oh my god look at what happened to you yeah well and yeah granted we'll see what happens obviously man united will probably finish ahead of brentford on the table and in reality chelsea will probably finish ahead of brighton on the table although no one can say that for certain right now yeah um and i'm not really sure what else to say about it except that it was some sweet, sweet revenge for uh, the Brentford fans, and I'm sure they enjoyed it. 
Yeah, I mean, right right when you started laughing, it reminded, me, it reminded me of that Brentford uh, United game because uh, that was the last time that we reacted that way on this podcast. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it did it, it did give me, uh, you know, it was a little bit reminiscent of it. And, again, just like I said about the last match, I only saw a bit of the first half because um, I had to go to training. Uh, and I saw when it was 2-0, I saw, I saw the second goal, um, the own goal from Loftus-Cheek. Uh, I also saw a Pulisic miss a sitter, which was not great to see. But at the end of the day, a 4-1 Brighton win is everything I've always wanted to see um, over Chelsea. And the fact that it was against Graham Potter is just that much sweeter. Um, Brighton's proving they're legit and they're not, they weren't, they weren't just that team because of Graham Potter. And, and this takes a real hit on, on Graham Potter's, uh, I mean, his, I don't want to say legacy, but uh, on his resume, because I would say reputation, his reputation, I think his sure. reputation definitely took yeah. a hit because Saturday, I yeah, think that's... He, he brought Brighton into a great position, but clearly they, they're a capable squad without him. And, and the fact that they, that, you know, he took over a team that's still much more talented, even if they, they've been struggling a bit, um, and got absolutely mollywhopped. Well, so it's just one of those things, man. It makes me wonder about Graham Potter and Chelsea and their situation, how it's going to unfold, what's going to happen. Because if you look at Thomas Tuchel, uh, and just take a second, when, when um, the takeover happened and – Abramovich sold the club. I mean, I think I joked this to you, maybe even on this podcast, because we may have talked about it at some point, that Thomas Tuchel's job security just went through the roof. Mm-hmm. And here we are, you know, 10 weeks into the season, and he was sacked a while ago, and they've got a new manager in. Yep. And I think that Brighton's quality is a testament to a couple different things. One, the fact that Leandro Trossard has been playing out of his unbelievable <laughs> fucking mind. Yep. Like, He's oh, yeah. been one of the best players in the league. And I am like the first to admit that I thought he was terrible. Yep. I thought he was terrible going into this year. And right. he has completely proven me wrong. He's got a knack for finding the ball in front of goal and just <laughs> tucking it home. It's not like he's scoring like wonder goals, but he's just always in the right place. Um, Absolutely. So for that, Leandro, I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, <laughs> But I and I think the the second thing is that is that Potter spent a while at Brighton and he built a really really high quality squad. A very talented group of players came in because he had good method and a good theory and good a good team. Yeah, you know, that's a great culture there at that club. The fans are you know really well respected. Everything at, at Brighton seems to run well, except for the time last year that they booed them for losing seven weeks mm-hmm. a year. But regardless. Um, for the most part, I mean, I think that the quality of that team, the resilience of that team to put up a 4-1 win against mm-hmm. Chelsea is a testament to Graham Potter. And I think if he's given the time at Chelsea, I mean, only only time will tell, but he probably can do the same thing on a bigger scale and build them back into a really, really strong team. I just don't know if Bully's going to give him the time that we all thought he would. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's like more of the same from Abramovich. Like, how long is is he going to give Graham Potter before, you know, he's shown the boot right. in, like, March, and then we end up with someone like Pochettino in that role. You just never know. Yeah, I mean, 
again, that's been part of Chelsea's culture for a long time. Uh, win or lose, if you have a bad run, your job is not safe, even if you won the Champions League a year earlier. Um, and this isn't only talking about Tuchel. This has been part of Chelsea's DNA for a long time. And it's worked. It's worked for them because they've still been very successful. But, um, yeah, I mean, if he doesn't get a lot of short-term success, he could be out the door in months. Um, and, and, yeah, I don't want to harp too much on um, what it came off as before, as me saying, like, Brighton's, you know, that they're they're able to do it without him so he doesn't get any deserve any credit. Um, he did build a great team. And maybe, maybe I wasn't giving their squad enough credit. Um, and more the system because I mean, they do have a very good squad now and not that it's the most talented, but it's that it's that it's a lot of very good players that gel together now. And and again, I'll talk about Moises Caicedo and Alexis McAllister, great midfield duo. Um, Pascal Gross has been probably Brighton's most consistent player since they've been promoted. Um, and of course, Landry uh, Trussard has been so good. Um, so yeah, I mean, they do have a very good squad, so I don't want to, I, I don't want to, um, undervalue them um, but I still think I mean Chelsea of course is ahead of them um, technically and on paper of course so I still think um, you know it was clearly more than Graham Potter is really what all I'm trying to say mm, I, I completely agree I completely agree and I mean to even lose a key piece you know like Basuma uh, two, two key pieces like Basuma mm-hmm. And um, Kukurea over the summer, and, yep. and you know, get better. The team is even yeah. better than it was last year. They are mm-hmm. unbelievably good this year. The same. They look totally, totally convincing as a team that could challenge for a European place. I have to wait on that, but maybe because I'm sure Liverpool will come back up, and then. With the introduction of the conference league, with the introduction of the conference league, yeah, I mean they could be, they could be, but I doubt Liverpool doesn't get conference league, at least. I think Liverpool will make Europa League, or uh, I mean Champions League. But then who falls off? Newcastle, United, Tottenham is going to fall off for sure. All the way, solely United. Newcastle drop a spot or two. Nah, man. We gotta wait. You gotta wait for my updated we'll table. See. Here I am we'll see. giving we'll away see. half my updated yep. table before we <laughs> before we even do it. We we're do. Gonna, to do we're that. gonna do okay. a. We're gonna do a halfway through the the season. Okay. Maybe a, a early World Cup. End of the World Cup. Yeah, After yeah, the yeah. World Cup final, we'll do an analysis, we'll and then there. the next episode will be updated table predictions. I like it. Uh, I like regardless, it. I feel really good about Brighton. I think they look amazing. I think this is their year. I think if Graham Potter stuck around, I'd feel better about that statement, but. Mm-hmm. I still feel good about it. I think this is their year. Fair enough. Um, now, three games left to talk about. Newcastle 4, Aston Villa nil. This can be on the shorter side of conversations. Um, Villa got rid of Stevie G, and I mean, granted, it's only been a couple days, but nothing changed. That's not surprising yet. It, you just expect it's like a new look or a new you know, something. It was just mm-hmm. more of the same. And they, and they got absolutely battered by a Newcastle team who's looking more and more dangerous by the day. Yeah, I think it's more of a testament to Newcastle, to be honest. Because, I mean, Villa responded to that sack by winning 4-0 a week earlier. 
against Brentford. Um, That's true. That and is true. And it was their best performance of the season, for for sure. I mean, I don't think there's one that really came close. And then, yeah, they, they were humbled again by Newcastle. They're clearly not um, in a you know, at European level, as I predicted earlier. They could get there. But, yeah, it'll take some time. Um, I still think their, their squad is very high quality um, and has the quality to, to finish in potentially European place, but they're far away from that. And I, th- I still think it's more of a testament to Newcastle. As much as I've been anti, you know, this new ownership, um, they've been phenomenal. They really have. And, and, it's, and we've talked about it many times before that it's not just from going out and blindly spending because they really haven't done that. They've signed the right players. And once again, it's showing Almarone still balling, finally making it in the Premier League. Um, Callum Wilson, he's back. Uh, Joe Linton back on the scoring chart. So, like, yeah, I mean, I think it's mostly just Newcastle is a scary, scary side right now. I would be forced to agree with that statement because it is highly accurate. Do you think they can finish top four? I, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say it. Uh, I'm going to pick them to finish top four. I said it. Um, wow. Okay. That's all I have to say about that okay. for now. Um, but I think they have some really, really good players. Uh, I think they're going to benefit from the fact that a fair amount of their squad is not like international level talent. Because, mm-hmm. like, I looked at Arsenal's starting eleven the other day. Ten of them oh, are worrying. Yeah, that's worrying. Of, a lot of them are the only Brazilian one who isn't too. is Odegaard because his country didn't qualify. Yeah. Um, ten of them are going to the goddamn World Cup. Also, you think about what what teams are playing for. Many are playing for Brazil, some England. I mean, those are teams that are going to make it far, and, and particularly Brazil is the favorite to win it all. And if they win it all, if they go to the final, whether they win or lose, they could be out three weeks. Mm-hmm. And again, a, a very significant break. But to that point, you could say the same thing about Man United. A lot of their key players are guaranteed yep. to make deep World Cup runs. For That's a great point. Like Portugal and Brazil. You could say the same thing about these teams that Newcastle are going to actually compete with, like Chelsea, mm-hmm. like Liverpool, like Tottenham. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. And you could say the same thing about pretty much any of the big six teams. And yeah, you would be right, but. That's going to work in Newcastle's favor hugely because they're going to—I mean—they're going to see players like Bruno Guimaraes uh, go to the World Cup without a doubt. Yep. Um, but they're going to have a lot of players like Callum Wilson, who's just like never going to play in a World Cup. Right. Mm, I, he, yeah. It, it's just—it's just going to be really interesting to see what happens. But I think that World Cup's going to help them a lot because they're going to be on good vibes going in. A lot of the players are going to stay. At, at the grounds, mm-hmm. probably trained a fair amount during the World Cup, and they're going to come through pretty scary. That, that That is a very good point. Yeah, they could do it. I still think United or Chelsea probably get the edge just towards the end of the season with, you know, for depth purposes. Um, I think that'll be a big factor, but, I mean, they definitely could do it. Uh, I agree. They're giving no one a reason to doubt them there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I agree with you. There are reasons to think that other teams have the quality to do it as well. But, I mean, the way they finished out last season and are still playing like one of the best teams in the league yeah. makes you think that, like, this isn't a temporary thing. You know what I mean? Like, I'd be interested to see from 
second half of last season, like from the end of January last year to right now, what their record looks like because it's probably mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yeah, top two. It would, maybe? Have to be. it would have to be. Must be. They were, what, they they were, were only behind City and Liverpool, right? And Liverpool's in the gutters. Yeah, it would have to be because yeah. they were unbelievable last year and they've mm-hmm. continued that excellent form, which just makes me think that it's not really a, a fluke or anything because they've been no, it's not a fluke. about a half a year now. It's not a fluke and it's only going to get better for them once they actually start spending. The only way is up. And now that I mean, if they finish in the top four in the Champions League, then they're gonna, then we're gonna see probably some of those ridiculous deals that we yep. expected to see earlier. Like that, that's when they're gonna go ahead and sign Neymar or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, God, <laughs> I don't think New- Neymar would ever live in Newcastle, but somebody like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, so we got two more games to talk about, mm-hmm. and we will save the the sweetest for last. And I say the sweetest because I think this next game was the best game I watched this weekend. Leeds to Liverpool. Oh, yeah. What an among the unbelievable sweetest. match. Crescencio, clutch goal right at the end of the game to win it for Leeds. Absolutely unbelievable. They really sandwiched that game. A goal in the fourth minute and then a goal in the eighth minute. Yeah. Yeah. Mohamed Salah upped his goal tally to four on the year. So I guess he's on pace to score more than 12, I predicted. <laughs> not by much. Uh, not by much. Leeds looked Leeds looked like they – and this is an aggressive statement. Look like giant killer. I mean, they've so, beaten – They've us, played – Because it's tough a team that's only won three games in the league. Um, but – they, of the top six opposition that they faced, they'd beaten two of the three. And they, when they played Arsenal, they, they deserved to win that game. They mm-hmm. were far better than us on the day. Yep. I, I would not – actually, I'm not even going to squeak that one out. I would not hesitate to call Leeds giant killers. They are looking dangerous. They are very capable of taking the game to a big six side. And now that they've gotten into the flow of the Premier League season – maintaining that intensity for a full 90 minutes mm-hmm. yeah they are looking like if they can keep this momentum and you know get a, a good run of a couple games in here i mean they're gonna have to bring that giant killer energy to tottenham and city but we'll see what happens right after the world cup too when they're probably gonna miss yeah Oh, it's Tottenham's before. Tottenham's before. Tottenham's right before. City's City's after. right after, and that's mm-hmm. that's an opportunity for Leeds. Yep, um, absolutely. And then Newcastle. I mean, yeah, for sure, for sure, man. Well, but we will see what happens. I think. I mean, I, a lot of people have been saying, you know, Jesse Marsh is getting sacked. If he lost to Liverpool, he was going to get sacked. I think it's very unfair to fire a manager after losing to Liverpool. <laughs> Scott Parker. Um, and I think that this is not an unfair place for Leeds. They didn't do a whole lot of business in the summer. They, I mean, they signed Aronson and Adams, which were, were really intelligent you know, pieces of, of business, and that's brought them a lot of success in the game they've had. But they were, they were a barely escaped relegation side last year. They are still building there for sure. Yeah. And I just think that games like this, you know, it was easy to say this after the Chelsea game as well. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna turn up now, and this is going to be their year. 
and I don't know that it will, but I think games like this kind of convince me that they're a little relegation proof this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, they only stayed up realistically because Jesse Merch came in. And I think that right there should go a long way. Um, and yeah, I predicted them to finish 17th, like one point off of, off of the, the bottom three. Um, this is not, this is not, this is barely a Premier League quality squad. I mean, who even knew about Crescencio Somerville until this season? Nobody really. And yeah. and he scores the winner at Anfield, the first the first uh, defeat for Virgil Van Dyke at Anfield in the Premier League, ever, in his like five years at the club. Um, that is kind of unbelievable, right? And so, and you know, you mentioned well, with, signing... with fans, with fans, because Arsenal beat them in Project Restart. He was injured in the entire. Oh no 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 at Anfield. Oh yeah yeah we beat them at the Emirates. Yeah right. yeah. Um, and then. Uh, you mentioned Brendan Aronson, the signing of him. I thought he was going to be their flop of the season, and he's been phenomenal. I mean, he he played a big role in that first goal in the high press, and, and his high press has been working a lot. I mean, he worked against Mendy when he scored against Chelsea, um, and it's been frustrating opponents, and I'm pretty sure he covered the most ground in that match um, of anyone in the Premier League in a single match this season. I think that was the most covered ground. 13.2 kilometers. There which you go. Something like eight miles, nine miles, like some ridiculous that's, stuff like that. That's it's like <laughs> so much running. Yeah. There's and a reason so... they call him heat map Jesus. Um... <laughs> no, J- Jesus is uh... – I, I was going to think of something to, to call Jesus Aronson instead of Aronson Jesus. It didn't work. Yeah, um, yeah, he went to me. <laughs> but regardless, man. Anyway, he um, is Brendan Aronson, the OG heat map Jesus. Oh yeah, um, Tyler Adams really coming his own. Very good performance from him. Um, he just gets better and better every time. Yeah, I mean Melier's, you know, finally had a good performance. Neither of us are big fans of his, but he's still the worst um, keeper in the prem. Still is. Uh, Ederson's up there. Allison's up there. De Gea is up there. But well, that's for another day. Um, I just, yeah, I just want to say, like, I, I think I, I agree he shouldn't have been in the hot seat, but like, when you look at their recent results, I understand why. Um, they started so well, but then they, they went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight matches, uh, winless with, with two draws or three, yeah, two draws. Um, and none of them, except for the Arsenal one, were against favorable opponents. But again, you mentioned that that it seems like they're just giant killers. And there are many there are many teams like that. Brighton's been like that for a while, and they've been able to be sustainable. So I think they are in a fair position right now. Jesse Marsh still has a job on his hands, um, still needs to not let this get out of hand, not take this match for granted, because um, they still have a ways to go. And if they keep losing him uh, again, they, yeah, his, his job could be on the line again. But I think he should be in a good spot right now. I, if they if they can't figure out a way to beat Bournemouth, man, I'm gonna be a little perplexed. Yeah, uh, because they've shown a lot of quality in the matches that they win. Uh, but moving on, we've mm-hmm. got one more game to talk about this weekend. It's a fun one. Everyone's happy. <laughs> We're still on top of the table. Five nil Arsenal versus over Forest. Just they burned it down. Just just the the piece of. Dominant, convincing title winners play that Arsenal fans have been asking for. 
Yeah. I mean, I, again, very unfortunately, I had to miss it. It's been a very busy weekend for me. Um, I, I saw his one nail. I was watching a few minutes. Um, and we, I mean, even those few minutes early in the match, we looked really good. Um, and then I checked my phone after and saw we won five nil. And, um, I was worried about this being a trap game. It could have been, and we took care of business and then some, uh, and everybody was involved and that, that was great to see. It's great to see that there's so many avenues we can create and score goals from, um, Jesus still doesn't hasn't really had his finishing boots for a little while. Um, it's a little bit worrying, but he, I mean, he's certainly made up for it by creating. He had two, realistically three assists, because um, one of one of his assists was, I mean, forced to save and then a rebound goal still should count yeah. as an assist. Um, but just an all around great performance again. Um, and I'm so happy for Reese Nelson. I really am. He, before I even knew about Bukayo Saka, Reese Nelson was my guy. I, I thought he was going to be the up and coming academy star that comes out and, and just becomes an absolute sensation. Um, and I, I always saw it in him because he, he was so good in the academy, so good in the, in the few matches he, he got to play in the first team. And then he just never really made it. Um, and he's he's had to be very patient. He's had to go on loan a few times, and he's been successful everywhere, except he just really hasn't gotten his chance at Arsenal. And I, I hope Saka's uh, injury is not um, anything serious, which I don't think it is. Um, but I'm so happy for Nelson. I really think he should keep getting a chance because that was such a great performance when he come on, when he came on. Um, and yeah, all around very good. I agree. Um... If we ever see Smith Rowe get healthy, then I'll have a different maybe thought on it. But right now, there's plenty of space. For I can't believe I've squad. yeah, I can't believe I keep forgetting about Smith Rowe. It's crazy. He Smith was Rowe such, needs to such get an healthy, important player, man. and it's just like we, we just forget him in the squad because he's like the, he was the, the, the sixth, seventh best attacker now. <laughs> now that he's injured. Oh my god! Well, if he wasn't injured, he would be. He would be right. top. Yeah, he would be out there. Yeah. Um, I just I am curious to see what happens with him because if he can get healthy, I gotta be honest with you, he's too good to ride the bench at Arsenal. But then who who who, who falls from it? I, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. I can't I don't, figure this no, out. I'm not. Say, I'm not saying that there's a spot in the squad for him. He's just too good for it. Yeah. I'm saying either either somebody gives and he moves in or he realistically would want to find a new club. That's sad. It's that really sad. happened so quickly. It was I think such an important player, story of last season. I think the only player he has a chance of replacing is Martinelli. Even um, then I'm taking Martinelli, unfortunately. Right now you have to say Martinelli. He's yeah. amazing this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just not like it's like a good problem to have, you know what I mean? You just got too many too many good young players. Yeah. Uh, but we'll worry about that when it becomes a problem. Right now, he's still trying to get healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, the last the last point of emphasis I have from this match, Bukayo Saka, man. I'm worried about him a little bit. It sounds like he's going to be fine. Uh, he was good for the first 20 minutes before he had to come off. Uh, Reese Nelson, great replacement. Um, but just Saka, what a rock for this team. Um, and 
I was just really hoping and wishing him a uh, speedy recovery. It sounds like he may be good to play against Chelsea mm-hmm. this upcoming weekend. And, um, yeah, that's all I got to say other than get well soon. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, he, he had a nice assist before he came off and he was very involved in the game. Um, yeah, I, if he's not healthy, uh, that's unfortunate and it definitely hurts our chances against Chelsea, but I'm still so confident in the squad right now. I really am. I think Vieira could come in and do a job. I think Reese Nelson could come in and do a job and I definitely think Nelson will get a chance whether it's off the bench or replacing Saka. Um, and yeah, I'm just so confident in the squad for the first time. Like I've never been this confident going into Stamford Bridge being like, we're probably favored to win this match. Like, it's been a long time since you've been able. Anyone's been able to say that about last. Us. I mean, last time we we won it four two, but we had lost three on the bounce to, I mean, mid table and relegation quality sides. That's a fact. That did happen. But now we're I, here. I don't know, man. Our defense looks better than it ever has. Yep, finally uh, got the first clean sheet. I just can't wait for Zinchenko and Tuni to be healthy again because. I love watching Tomiyasu play, but he is not a natural left back. True. Um, and I just think that I like this defensive stability that essentially having four center backs at the back gives us. Mm-hmm. But Tomiyasu and Ben White are not not Tierney Zinchenko level at getting the ball forward and becoming involved in the attack. So I just – I think that we're going to miss – I think that at some point it's going to be valuable to have a player like Zinchenko on the pitch, either playing left back or somewhere in the midfield. So do you think – so so say everyone's healthy. What's your your back four? My back four? I guess you have to put Ben right at – Ben right. Ben White at right back because I don't think we have a better right back. We don't really have a right back. We had Tomiyasu play right back last year, but clearly Arteta feels that Ben White is a better defender because when Saliba came in, he pushed Ben White out to the right. Well, Tomiyasu was hurt, I think, or coming back from injury. Yeah, but he still hasn't put him back on the right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, to be honest, I, I feel like I feel like he's just more comfortable with Tomiyasu on the left because he's better with both feet. That's I don't. true. But again, I feel like our best right back should be playing playing right back. And I do think Tomiyasu is the better right back. To be honest, I'd be I'd consider going first of all, I think Tierney's healthy. Um I was gonna just say, has I, lost his place. Tierney, Tierney's healthy, right? He should be playing. Yeah. He's just lost his place, I think. That's the thing really that frustrates me is that Tierney should be starting on the left. Yeah, I think he just really has a lot of confidence in Tomiyasu and, and understands the depth we have now and wants to use him because it I mean, it worked against Liverpool to shut out Salah, but um, I, I still think Tierney should be in there right now. To be honest, if it, a full healthy back four for me might look like Zinchenko and then Saliba in white and then Tomiyasu at right back because, again, Gabriel, I think you're Gabriel's, foolish to not include Gabriel over ben. Gabriel's been doing fine, but he had another near howler against Forrest this weekend. The one where he gave the ball away right in the middle to Lingard, then Lingard did Lingard, Lingard things and <laughs> fucked it up. But anyway, um, I mean, he's still mistake-prone, even despite our defense being so solid. 
Um, and, you know, we saw White last year at center back and, and he did a good job with Gabriel next to him. Um, he, he was he, he was the inferior center back in that pairing the entire year. Gabriel played. I think so, but I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure, and I want to see. I just want to see what White and Saliba look like, like what they look like together. Maybe Arteta just doesn't think they do well together. And to be fair, White has done a fantastic job at right back, so maybe he wants to keep him there because he thinks he's done a better job there than at center back, which might be the case. But I'd be interested to see at least maybe try it in, in the last Europa League match. Um, or something like that. I mean, I'm sure Holding will get a chance or whatever. Holding but... always plays in the Europa League. Yeah, but all right, fine. Try White and Holding together then. I just want to see. I want to see him back in the middle uh, at center back to see how how it works out again, and then try Zinchenko if he's healthy or Tierney and Tomiyasu. You want to move Tomiyasu back to the right? I just want to see it. I think Tomiyasu's best at right back, I and mean, we both kind of said it. Um, yeah. I, I think Tomiyasu is less of an attacking guy than, you know, it's here near Zinchenko. Um, he offers less going forward, but he's such a strong defender. I just want to see it because I think White's done a great job, but I don't know. Yeah, I think it's I think it's our job to not our job, but uh, you know, our thing to sit here and come up with these ideas <laughs> and talk like thoughts like that, but. And I don't think we're wrong about a lot of them. I think we have some pretty interesting thoughts in this. But uh, at the end of the day, like, as much as I'd say I'd prefer Tierney start, probably put Tamiyasu at right back and then keep your center backs the way they are because mm-hmm. I don't know why you'd mess with that yet. Yep. Um, I just – I think Arteta is showing a lot of strength in his conviction and sticking with that team. Because what that does is it's going to prevent us from getting into a situation like Man City or Liverpool where you look at it and you're like, well, they got a lot of good players. And you don't really know who makes sense to be in their starting 11. You mm-hmm. know, with us, Arteta has made it clear this is what he's going to do. Yeah. He keeps it consistent. And I think that's helpful for everyone in the team. Yeah. Kind of understand where they stand, not try and have to guess like, oh, okay. So I played like, six games in a row and I played super well, but now Pep's starting Riyad Mahrez instead of me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Cause Pep's going to start Riyad Mahrez instead of you, even if he scored five goals last game, he doesn't, right. he doesn't care. He's going to, he's going to rotate. Pep. And Arteta is a little, a little more reactive than that, which I think gives players more of a sense that they can work their way into the squad. Yeah. Which is I've... as, as a, a partisan Arsenal fan, what you'd love to see Reese Nelson do at some point. Yeah, right. I, I like that. I, I, completely, I completely agree, agree with you. With you. Very yeah. positive. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that is the right thing to do. We Having a solidified 11 is better, and having players know the roles is better. And I have no problem with White being that guy because he's been flawless pretty much this season. Mm-hmm. I think he's been phenomenal. Yeah. Um, there's no reason not to try something new in the Europa League because I think, I mean, we play around with the lineup anyway when, when we go into the Europa League or, or Carabao Cup or whatever. Um, I, I'm just curious when Zinchenko comes back because I'm sure he's going to move back into the, the 11. And then the question is whether Tomiyasu gets a chance or if, whether he comes off the bench again. I think that's the main thing. Yeah. It makes me so uncomfortable the way Tierney's been shoved out of the squad. I know. I love Tierney. I love Tierney too, but at this point, it almost 
Like you just don't know where he fits. That's that's the saddest part of having such a good team again. Mm. Just realizing that you have this problem again that we never used to have. We used to like a player and he'd be our best player. And yeah. he'd he'd carry us for four games and then oh, man. I, and I have such incredible memories of Tierney being that guy. Yeah. Like he absolutely it, was. He's a left back who can do everything. He defends well. He moves the ball at the pitch well. He, he's liable to cut in and score a banger on his right foot in the snow. And, yep. Um, we all remember that goal. It was absolutely incredible. I was yeah, right. screaming my head off when that ball went that. Absolutely losing my oh, mind. Um, but he's also – I mean, he's also the hardest worker on the pitch every time he's out there. He's, yeah. he's blue collar. He's always fighting. He, I mean, he's old school, and you love to see that. You need that type of player on your team. Like, if there's one thing that – a team like Arsenal that's so talented and, and just playing so well, so fluid, so modern. If there's one thing they need. It's it's a you know a hard nosed blue collar kind of guy, and he's it. They but, invented the term mentality monster right. for people like him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. All right, I think we've chewed people's ears off about Arsenal for long enough. I definitely think so. Um, if you're bored by now, you're probably not listening. So fair enough. Um, but this has been a good time, man. Uh, I'm glad we got a chance to record and we should probably try and do a preview of this weekend's setup of matches. Cause there's only a couple more before the break. Yep. World cup content coming world cup preview imminent. Yes, sir. Uh, later everybody. Good. Later. Happy Halloween.